two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we've had one post on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In this post, we summarized a study where the authors found that pre-existing factors, such as a prior injury, age, or sex, as well as functional movement findings, may help identify Army service members at risk for musculoskeletal injury. Now, if we take a closer look at that second post, we find that the authors aim to identify risk factors that help identify Army service members at high risk for injury. They collected pre-injury data and tracked full-duty United States Army service members in combat, combat service, and combat support units over one year. As part of another study, service members completed pre-injury demographic and medical history surveys. Service members also completed functional movement screenings, such as the functional movement screen, the lower and upper quarter white balance test, two hop tests, and an ankle dorsiflexion mobility assessment. Over the following year, the service members completed a monthly survey to track injuries, and the authors reviewed medical records to identify injuries. Service members without a self-reported or medical visit for a musculoskeletal injury were classified as non-injured. The authors excluded anyone with an injury but no associated time loss. A total of 922 individual service members completed the survey and met the eligibility criteria. Of these service members, 358 suffered a musculoskeletal injury, which represented about 39% of service members. The authors found that 11 influential factors could identify someone at risk for musculoskeletal injury. These included prior injury, prior work restrictions, lower perceived injury recovery, asymmetrical ankle dorsiflexion, three measures of decreased lower or upper extremity Y-balance test performance, and pain on functional movement tests. Another three were slower two-mile runtime, older age, and female sex. Now, a service member with only two of the 11 risk factors was at 10% greater risk for musculoskeletal injury than someone with no risk factors. This threshold offered a very high sensitivity at 0.89. Now, in contrast, a service member with 7 out of the 11 risk factors was at 2 times greater risk for musculoskeletal injury than someone with no risk factors. This threshold offered a high specificity of 0.94. The authors identified risk factors for musculoskeletal injury risk among Army service members. Unfortunately, some risk factors such as prior injury, female sex, and age are not modifiable. However, clinicians could intervene to modify several of the risk factors. For example, balance, ankle dorsiflexion range of motion, and two-mile run times can be improved and may reduce the injury risk. Interestingly, someone with pain during functional movement screenings was at a 60% greater risk of injury. Hence, 
clinicians should ask about and address dysfunction causing pain. However, clinicians should be cautious when directly applying these findings because of potential differences between military service members and their patients. Furthermore, it will be helpful to know if these findings hold up when tested again among different Army service members. Ultimately, these risk factors, when examined individually or together, displayed a trade-off between specificity and sensitivity and indicates musculoskeletal injury prediction is far from perfect. Lastly, clinicians may not have enough time, personnel, or finances to conduct pre-injury screenings such as functional movement assessments. An argument could be made that many injury prevention programs designed for specific or general populations are highly effective and should be implemented regardless of risk profiles. Clinicians should critically evaluate the time and resources available for conducting pre-injury movement assessments to determine whether the relative cost is beneficial for their practice. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a special episode of our podcast where we discussed the implications of the current pandemic on sports medicine research. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We'll have links to these courses, the summary, and the special episode on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, stay well.